What is up, everybody? It is another wonderful day to join the GOAT podcast. You want to hear some more music? Here, hold on. Let's... Just kidding. All right, we are here today to talk about the AFC West. But, Monica, before we do that, we are going to have to do the rumor mill. And, yes, um, lots of rumors to talk about today. Yes. Um, let's start with this. Something that's not a rumor but just was very, like, I don't even know what the right word would be like. Uh, Twilight zone I guess, would be the best <laughs> word. So, in 1999, mm-hmm. Paris Johnson was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, and Joey Porter was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 24 years later, Paris Johnson Jr. is drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, and Joey Porter Jr. is drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What in the world? <laughs> like, that is, that's a weird dink there. Um, that is kind of weird. So did the Cardinals draft Paris Johnson Jr. because of the legacy or because Kyler Murray wanted him? You know where I'm going to say. Because the Cardinals have basically a lock on the number one pick next year. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the legacy, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Um, that is kind of crazy, What about though. you? It's too yeah, weird, I'm, right? Too- I'm definitely thinking this is a legacy because I just don't see that Kyler Murray is going to be in Arizona much longer. Yeah. All right. Well, the next bit of news is some college football news. Monica, Ooh. you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Maybe. So, uh, bowl date and time slots are the news here. Ross Dellinger tweeted, Game dates were finalized and released last week, and yes, the CFP is having to arrange its schedule around the NFL by holding Thursday to Friday semifinals and going against NFL during three of the quarters. And Albert Breer from ESPN tweeted the following, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. College football giving the quarterfinals to the bowls is ridiculous. Takes one of the sport's greatest strengths, game day atmosphere, and eliminates it, putting those games in soulless NFL stadiums. Semis and finals, fine. Quarters, too far. Have you heard about this at all? Yeah, I heard about it. I I really wish they would go up until, like, the, like the way that they have it now, where the last four teams are in the NFL stadiums. But before that, I definitely want the game day atmosphere for sure especially if you're having to go up against nfl yeah well like at what point are we going to have the game you know the game between ohio state and michigan move to an nfl stadium if this continues well honestly i wouldn't move it because i mean i'm pretty sure that both of those stadiums can hold more than most nfl stadiums i'd keep it and that's the thing that's not really being talked about is that, and I think it's the soulless NFL stadiums. That's what Albert Breer's getting at is you can't fit as many people in these stadiums. Um, right. Maybe maybe NFL needs to think about bigger stadiums. Maybe there's a there's something there. Um, the next uh, NFL tidbit of news is probably my favorite thing I saw today because it's brilliant, and I have not thought about doing this yet. Jordan Love signed a one-year contract extension. So they did not pick up his fifth-year option. 
they did not make it a, a you know a situation where um, go ahead and kill your spider, Monica. It's okay. We'll wait. Okay, thanks. I can edit this out. good so my next rumor is probably my favorite from the day and it is something that i have never seen before that was brilliant it was unique it was a it was a nice solution to the fifth year option problem because we're going to talk about that for a little bit on the podcast today the green bay packers signed jordan love to a one-year contract extension so they didn't pick up his fifth year option but they're going to give him two seasons basically to mm-hmm. play for their team. So he's getting to play this year, and he plays next year. And if he plays well, he'll sign a huge contract. If he doesn't, then he'll end up going and basically to free agency and see what happens. And Albert Breer, again, is back on the podcast today through Twitter. <laughs> and um, they uh, he says, conceptually, this contract is a lot like the Eagles' one-year extension for Kevin Cobb in 2010. You remember Kevin Cobb? Barely. Same. Uh, One Philly struck this deal with Kevin after it traded Donovan McNabb to Washington. It gave Cobb a payday and the Eagles some control, which allowed them to trade him a year later. So, Monica, Mm -hmm. the Packers were playing hardball, is what Greg Rosenthal was saying, and that they were not going to sign Jordan Love to that fifth-year option, and so he accepted less. Are the Green Bay Packers tipping their hat here and saying that, number one, this pick might have been a mistake, might have been a year premature, and number two, that the Green Bay Packers are essentially saying, we're not really sold that Jordan Love's going to be our guy next year? Yeah, I think this really signals they're not sold on Jordan Love, which I find very, very interesting because do they have somebody that they could actually – if if this goes as badly as this deal seems to indicate it would, do they have anyone who can step in? Not really. I'm not sure. I think they they drafted Sean Clifford. Um, We'll we'll get into that when we talk about the NFC North uh, later in the, this, you know, this season of Mm -hmm. podcasting. But, uh, well, let me, let me bring this up. You can see my screen, right? Yeah, I can. Okay. So this is last year's draft. Coincidentally, in a, in a quarterback top-heavy draft, um, the Green Bay Packers, had they waited, let's just say, to 2022, mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers' first-round pick was at pick 22. They took Quay Walker. However, there's a lot that says if they really liked Kenny Pickett, they could have traded up to 14 with the Ravens, 13 with the Eagles, and they could have selected Kenny Pickett. So they could have gotten a quarterback last year. Now, let me bring up the 2021 NFL draft for this because this is also interesting to me. Um, 2021, I think they had an even better shot Mm -hmm. because you might recall in 2021, they had, let's see here, the 29th pick. And you might be thinking the 29th pick, that's not that great. When you start to look down at who all was available, though, they could have just as easily traded and moved up and been able to select a quarterback because 
Obviously, Kyle Trask down here isn't very much to talk about. Davis Mills isn't much to write home about. They could have traded up, though. They could have sold the farm and traded up with the Patriots yet again and gotten Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why why NFL teams, if it weren't for that fifth-year option, are enamored with taking guys too early uh, because this was a year after the Jordan Love draft. Right. And I just, I don't, I don't understand. Um, if we sort it by position, you know, the, the quarterbacks that were drafted in that year, uh, let's see here, let me pull it up. Oh, I know that it, that was top heavy. Um, it was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, right? Those were the, those are one, two, three. Oh, Is that oh, right? Justin Fields. That's right. Justin Fields was available. Um, he was not a first-round pick, I don't think, was he? Justin Fields was. I think he was. Wasn't he the Bears' first-round pick? Well, I have it right here. Why am I guessing? Hold on. Chicago Bears selected. Yeah, at 11. So, mm-hmm. okay, so let me ask you this then. Is it really out of the realm of possibility that the Packers could have traded up from 29 to 8 with the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. You think so? You think, think there's no could've. way that would have worked? Or they could have, okay. I think they could have. <clears throat> Denver was, a, was a, a threat to take a QB this year. Right. Um, they didn't, but they were a threat to. You could have argued the Eagles weren't, but they probably aren't trading with the Packers. The Bears clearly were a threat to take a QB. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, <sighs> you could you, you probably could have jumped all the way up to four, four, five, or six, depending on what you're going to offer. With yeah, right I, there with the Falcons, Bengals, and Dolphins, especially right. because of the run that's happening right there. One, two, three. Yeah. Well, and even if you really wanted to to jump up with the Jets and take Mac Jones. You know, the Jets would have probably been more than happy to do that to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones could have, thr- you know, thrived in Green Bay. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, if you're thinking about it from the not from from the 2021 perspective and not the 2023 perspective, you would have wanted to jump ahead of the Denver Broncos. Well, that's it's a good thing that you're mentioning that because let's talk about this for a second. Um, and I know. We're, we're dilly-dallying just a little bit. You love football, guys. Come on. Um, the Green Bay Packers had two first-round picks after the Aaron Rodgers trade was over, essentially. They, they have their first-round pick this year. They also have a first-round pick next year. Am I really to believe... We, we said, are we really to believe that the New York Jets could not have traded up from 13 to 3? Mm-hmm. Even though I don't love what the Houston Texans did trading up for a defensive player, if that package was offered by the Jets and they selected Anthony Richardson, not many people would have criticized it. No. And if they jumped all the way up for even Will Levis, not many people would have criticized it because you you try to go get your quarterback. Now, they might have criticized the Will Levis one a little bit more because Zach Wilson was already there. So let me ask you then. The Packers were at 15. If they didn't have Jordan Love, 
Uh, well, no, let, let me just say this. I'm, I'm a little bit puzzled, but let me just say this. You're the Arizona Cardinals. You have no shot at competing this year because Kyler Murray is out. Mm-hmm. If you are the Green Bay Packers and you're not 100% sold on Jordan Love, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you offer your first-round pick this year, Jordan Love, and a second-round pick next year, and your third in this year's draft to move up to three? Because the Cardinals, if they do that deal, have to be ecstatic because, hey, we've got a quarterback mm-hmm. for one season. If he plays great, we have the option to keep him. If right. he plays terrible, we have the option to get rid of him. And if he plays so great that we want to keep him, we can trade Kyler Murray or we can trade Jordan Love. It's exactly what the 49ers are in right now. So I just don't understand why the, the Green Bay Packers – we're so quick to take Jordan Love because I loved Jordan Love coming out of college. I thought he was going to be a great quarterback, and he could still prove me right. But I think his career has been largely wasted mm-hmm. by the Green Bay Packers selecting him in the first round. I wonder if it also says that Green Bay was not a big fan of this quarterback class. I wonder. That they were willing to risk another year of Jordan Love, even if they don't like him as much just to not have to have someone in this class you know you have to think that the Packers were worried when they took Jordan Love at 26 back in 2020 you have to wonder if they were worried that the Seahawks the Titans um, and the Vikings might have Mm -hmm. been destinations for Jordan Love yeah so, you know, we saw that this weekend, and we're going to look at this, you know, 32 players were selected in the first round, which means 32 players had the right, the right for their fifth-year option to be picked up. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But the Green Bay Packers essentially found a loophole. Uh, they, they do not pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option, and they end up making the deal cheaper for them and mm-hmm. better for Love. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, it works for them. <laughs> yeah. Now, we talked about this yesterday, and then I just plum forgot to bring it up. The uh, Denver Broncos made a trade with the New Orleans Saints. And part of that trade was draft pick compensation in this weekend's past draft. But it was also including of a tight end, which Denver so needs, uh, more tight ends. I think you guys have a pretty good two tight end set with Albert O. Right? He's still there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And Greg Dolchich, uh, or Dulcich. Um, I think he's going to be a good pl- a good player, too. He had a lot of flashes last year. They mm-hmm. trade for Adam Troutman. Monica, he agreed to a revised deal today with the Broncos, so you're the Broncos fan. I want to hear from you what your thoughts are on the fact that Adam Troutman was, one, traded to the Broncos, and two, that he even, like, he signed a revised deal, which means he's not a camp body. He's going to be here this season probably. Well, number one, I was reading this morning that he desperately wanted out of New Orleans. So I think part of it was, I will do anything. I will move heaven and earth to get out of New Orleans. So that was one element of it. Number two, both... Dulcich and Albert O have had injuries in the past. So I wonder if this is a depth piece. 
Yeah. And also, Albert O is not terrible, but I don't know how sold we are on him. And so it could be we're going to ride with Dulcich and Troutman and Albert O rides the bench. I'd be very interested to see. And Troutman does have that experience with Sean Payton. So it'll be interesting. I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. The uh, the next rumor is Panthers' fifth-round pick, Jamie Robinson, is the first draft pick to ink a rookie deal. Um, and the Bills signed former Seahawks defensive tackle Puna Ford. Also, ex-Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III agreed to a plea deal, and he is going to face three to ten years in prison. Um for a fatal fatal car crash that he caused. Um, Monica, will he ever play in the NFL again? No. See, I struggle with that one, too, because, like, if it's that three-year mark, he's 24 right now, right? Right. Um, if it's that three-year mark, I could see an NFL team, you know, you got to think at that point, maybe the Bengals need a wide receiver and they want somebody with speed. Uh, the Giants could always use a wide receiver. I'm trying to think of organizations that don't really care about character as much. They'll sign a guy like that and let him play. Uh, I but think the Eagles. Wasn't it – how long was the prison term? Wasn't it like five to ten years or something? Three to ten. Three to ten? And since he, since he pled out, there's a possibility that he'll be shown um, – there's a possibility he's going to be shown uh, some mercy there. So, um, but that's that's really all I have to say about that. They can uh, also throw the book at him. I'd be I. I don't think he's gonna play again. Well, let's talk about this for just a moment. Um, let's see here. Um, trying to get another rumor pulled up here. I would say, you haven't even gotten to my favorite rumor of the day yet. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break from the NFL. Let's let's shift over to the NBA. Because the Memphis Grizzlies today <laughs> reportedly stated that under no circumstances, there, there are no circumstances in any way, shape, or form. He could say he'll play for free. They will not be bringing back Dylan Brooks. And I'm going to let you talk first. You, you give your thoughts on this. That, that has me so excited for the Grizzlies organization. I love, 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 love that. Because I think that Dylan Brooks has poisoned that organization with his attitude, with okay. his mouth. And if he, has, if he knows anything about goat level players like LeBron, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, you don't anger them and then say, well, I'm not going to respect him because he's older. I only listen to people who put 40 up on me. Don't push it like that because yeah. that, not in that the gave fuel, yeah. that gave extra fuel to LeBron and the, he didn't need that extra fuel, but you just put yourself at a huge disadvantage when Jaw is already hurt. Yeah. 
to lose, and I really think Dylan Brooks and his mouth is a huge reason why the Grizzlies lost that series. So I think in order for the Grizzlies to become the dynasty that they think they are, and they definitely have the talent to become, Brooks has got to go. Mm-hmm. And during the trade deadline, I was actually talking to one of my friends, and I was like, what if, I mean, the Grizzlies cannot afford to lose Brooks' defense because he's such an outstanding defender. But what if they got a very quiet defender like Herb Jones from the Pelicans? The Pelicans, they don't have a personality on their team. Zion was supposed to be that personality, and he's been injured the whole time he's been in New Orleans. So put a personality in New Orleans and give that franchise some energy that they need and then take a quiet defensive star like Herbert Jones and put him in Memphis where you're not losing that defense, but he will give, he will assist the scores because Memphis has tons of scores. He'll assist them. And also he will give them, they won't lose the defense, but that's, I was talking to my, one of my friends about that. I mean, it never happened, but you know, thankfully Dylan Brooks will be out of Memphis very soon. Well, and the problem with the Memphis Grizzlies is that they are the type of organization that says we're not going to do anything flashy. We're going to build through the draft. We're not going to sign big-name free agents. And they've stuck to that for basically the entire time that they've been an organization. Right. And they've played in exactly zero NBA finals. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've won exactly zero championships. Um, But they've only been in Memphis for, what, like 23 years? I know. It's time to change. It's time to change. The Spurs, yeah, they did do that. They built a dynasty through the draft. They had all of those players homegrown and homemade. But the Spurs are even out of contention in the playoffs every year now. They're not even being discussed anymore lately. I I do think that a combo of John Morant and JJJ, that is is a very good nucleus because Mm -hmm. the Spurs, they had Tim Duncan and David Robinson. You have to have at least two stars to be able to build up a team. And those two are good to build on. But I really think that Brooks poisoned that team so much that it did not matter. The other problem with the Memphis Grizzlies is that they're never going to be an organization that is attractive to a player of LeBron James's caliber. Mm-hmm. They weren't even in contention. And they had a good roster when he was going to the Heat, when he was going to, not the Heat, uh, when he was going back to Cleveland, when he was mm-hmm. going to the Lakers. They had a good roster in place. He didn't even give them a chance yeah, because the market is so small. You're not going to be making millions upon millions of dollars like you would in Golden State or in L.A. I think that I would, I don't know, I'd be very interested to see, I think the Luka and Kyrie experiment in Dallas failed. I would be very interested to see Kyrie go to the Grizzlies and see what he could do in that, you know, shooting guard, small forward type role, like, well, and basically replace Dylan Brooks. I'd be very intrigued to see if he could do that. Well, let's move uh, move on to the hockey playoffs for just a moment. There were about three or two or three game sevens, um, and one of them ended 
one of the most historic seasons the NHL has ever seen, the Boston Bruins had won 65 games, I believe, mm. out of 82. Um, I think they were 65, 12, and 5. That was their record, if I'm remembering correctly. Wow. And they lost in Game 7 in overtime. And then, last night, the New Jersey Devils blanked the New York Rangers. Battle of the in-state division rivals, you know. Mm -hmm. They blanked the New York Rangers for zip in Game 7. Wow. To win their first series since 2012. Wow. Good to be a hockey fan if you root for either of those two teams, the Florida Panthers who beat the Bruins and the New Jersey Devils who beat the Rangers. That is interesting. I, man, that's crazy. I, you know, I was trying to, I don't follow hockey as much, and I was trying to think about it in, you know, terms that I would, you know, be able to grasp a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much like the Bruins losing the 73 and 9 Golden State Warriors losing to the Cavs in the finals was historic. Yeah. But this is so much more because they're not losing in the Stanley Cup finals. They're losing they in the first it. round of the playoffs. And it continues a trend in the NHL. I don't know if you saw this in your research or not. I don't think any team that has won the President's Trophy, which is what they call the best team in hockey, has right. made it to the Stanley Cup or won it. It's it's one of the two. That's in the last crazy. several years, um, that's crazy. I want to save. I want to save the the fifth year options for tomorrow. Okay. Um, it's twenty six minutes in. I'd like to cover at least two AFC West, NFC West uh, teams today. Let's start in alphabetical order and go with the Arizona Cardinals. Made a big splash trading away the number three pick. Recouped a bunch of assets for next year's draft as well as this year's draft. But I don't really know past two of these picks that they really made the most of the picks that they got in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about pick number one that they made in round round one, pick six, and that is Paris Johnson Jr. That's obviously a love from me yeah, because he was my number one rated tackle. Uh, Monica, you concur with that, correct? A hundred percent. If you're not going to get Will Anderson Jr., at least you get another player that has it in his blood and can rush the passer, and you do get him for millions of dollars cheaper. That is B.J. Ojolari. While Will Anderson, like, kind of going into the next pick, Yeah. uh, while B.J. Ojolari is not as good as Will Anderson, I think it's going to work out better for them because... Ain't nobody going to be triple-teaming B.J. Ojolari. I mean, why? Right, right. But everyone would be triple-teaming Will Anderson, and they couldn't they they couldn't do anything about it. Well, let me ask you this. Yesterday we talked about uh, the tackle out of Pittsburgh, I think, that was drafted by the, uh, oh, man, the team that passed on one. They ended up with him later. Help me remember this here. Um what it division was, a team. was it? We talked about the AFC South yesterday. 
It was a Texans. Texans. They ended up. They ended up with uh, Carter Warren Moon. Carter Moon something Moon, mm-hmm. or Warren Carter Warren. There it is, right from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Carter Warren, I believe. So let me ask you this: What if you could have had round one pick three, Will Anderson Jr. Round two pick ten because they didn't get that one from Air, from Houston. Right. Um. Round two pick ten. B.J. Ojolari, so you've got your bookend defensive ends there that can also play outside linebacker. Round three, you stay with Garrett Williams because, again, they didn't get that pick from the Houston Texans. They got it from the Titans when they traded down for them to get Will Levis. Mm-hmm. And then round four, which is not far off of where, you know, Carter Moon was – or Warren. Carter Warren. Carter Warren. I'm going to call him Warren Moon the whole time now. But Carter Warren was still available, I think, when they picked in round four. Mm-hmm. Or he was available at least when they had their selection in round three. Would you have hated the draft, even though he was our number one rated tackle, would you have hated the draft if it went Will Anderson one, B.J. Ojolari two, Garrett Williams with their third round pick, and then Carter Warren with their second, third round pick? I don't know. I... I like the idea of basically starting your team from scratch on the offensive line. Yeah. I really like that. And if you're going to do that, Paris Johnson is the perfect player to begin that with. And that's essentially what they need to do at this point. Yeah. Well, what about the Garrett Williams pick? I I don't know much about Garrett Williams. Didn't scout him a whole lot. Um what do you think about it? Love it or leave it? I love that one. I really love the Garrett Williams pick. When I saw that, I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping that we could get him, but he... You could have. I know. I know. Yeah. But we were... He's. I think he's going to quietly be a stud. And that's kind of what Byron Murphy was for them, too. He He wasn't making a ton of headlines, but he was a very good cornerback for them. Mm -hmm. All right, what about Michael Wilson? I've heard a lot of bad things about Michael Wilson, that he doesn't stay healthy, he's not a great receiver, they should have drafted one earlier. What what about Michael Wilson? Do you love it or leave it? I I think I'm going to leave it because I have heard a lot about injury concerns with him as well. Yeah. I think they could have left this pick, made a better selection, and still gotten Kayshawn Boot, you know, later on in the draft. Right. um, Without any issue. John Gaines the second guard out of UCLA is that a quality pick? Love it or leave it? Um, I'm gonna say little letters love it. I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. This one I want to leave. This is Clayton Toon, quarterback out of Houston. You, oh yeah, there were, leave it. There were better quarterbacks on the board if you really wanted to draft a guy. Dorian Thompson, I think Dorian Davidson Thompson or whatever that the Browns drafted was available. Um, Tanner McKee. Was still available. Jaron Hall. I'll say Jaron Hall was still available. Uh, just a bad pick, and I don't know what I don't know why they picked Clayton Tune. Um, a lot of a lot of places that I was looking at, just to kind of get an idea of their prospect rankings, had Clayton Tune as the last prospect on the quarterback prospect list. Ooh. I mean, That's it was tough. multiple places. Uh, Owen Popo. A linebacker out of Auburn, is that how you say it, Popo? I think so. 
I I I like that pick for them, especially with B.J. Ojolari. They need to they need to really stop with the linebackers at this point. But <laughs> I'll lowercase love it. Uh, round six, Kei Trail Clark, cornerback out of Louisville. Love it or leave it. If I remember correctly, I think he was he came off of the bench a bit in Louisville, but I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember that much about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about him either. So I mean, it's pick number one hundred and eighty. It's kind of a depth pick at that point. You know, yeah. the, we we talked about it on the podcast. I don't think you were on this episode, but I mentioned how an NFL GM, former GM, said after pick one fifty, we just kind of throw darts at the board, and we see what happens. Well, <laughs> the Patriots threw a dart at one ninety nine and got. Arguably yep. the greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. Then finally at pick number 213, round six, Dante Stills, defensive tackle of West Virginia. Love it or leave it? Love it. That was really, I mean, that's going to be depth piece, but that was really, really good value for the end of the sixth round. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the Los Angeles Rams, which means we won't have to talk much longer. Um, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to really write home about. Uh, they did have the fifth overall pick after um, watching Will Levis get taken. And then I also think Hendon Hooker was taken at this point. The Los Angeles Rams said, you know what? We won't stay and draft a kicker or <laughs> a kicker. That's what the uh, the 49ers did. We'll talk about that later <sighs> on next uh, tomorrow. Uh <laughs> <laughs> they stood pat and took Steve Avila, guard out of TCU. I love this pick. I think they love needed it. to make something like this uh, happen because their offensive line was their biggest strength when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and you got to rebuild that. It's not been that way. There have been a lot of in- injuries. I really like the Steve Avila pick. I do too. 41 picks later, they were back on the clock, and they took Byron Young, an edge player out of Tennessee. Um, Monica... Talk it out with me here because Byron Young is not somebody I spent a lot of time watching films. So, I like this Byron Young. Uh, okay, so there's two Byron Youngs. There's the one from Alabama and the one from Tennessee. I like the Byron Young from Tennessee more than the Byron Young from Alabama. <clears throat> the Byron yeah. Young from Alabama is probably going to be more of a defensive tackle type player, even though yeah. I think that he... He's going to be a D lineman, I believe, even though I think he was listed as a D tackle. I don't remember. But um, Byron Young from Tennessee is going to be more your outside linebacker type. And I like his I like his speed a little bit more than Byron Young of Alabama. And I did like this pick for the Rams. I think that as long as they can be set up to get after the quarterback, which is what they did and how they beat Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. then it'll be a good pick. If he's a guy that cannot help – if he can't shine when Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald is being triple teamed, then it was a wasted pick. And the same with his next pick because Kobe Turner, in round three, pick number 89, 12 picks later, he's got to replace Aaron Donald in the next three to four years potentially. I don't know love if he can. I mean, I think I'm going to leave it because, but also, can anyone rise to that level? Like, Aaron Donald's a really high standard. Yeah. I would, I would say that I will also leave it um, simply because 
They needed the tight end, and Darnell Washington was on the board. Well, I don't know why you're complaining. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but <laughs> uh, I'm only complaining at this point from a fantasy standpoint because Darnell Washington's fantasy output is not going to be that high as of right now because Pat Fryermuth is the guy, and right. I don't know how the Steelers are going to use him yet. So from a fantasy dynasty perspective, I would have rather seen Darnell go to a team that he would have been the guy, mm-hmm. but I'll leave it. But I love the next pick. Um, round four, pick number 128, they trade up to get Stetson Bennett, quarterback out of Georgia. Two-time back-to-back national champion who had better statistics than three of the quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him in the last two years of his college career. Falls all the way to 128. Monica, love it or leave it? Love it. I think this was the steal... This what this pick, in my estimation, might have been the steal of day three. That's saying a lot too, because uh, Adebowale was in the, in day three mm-hmm. and some others. So I, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I don't disagree, but that's saying quite a lot. I also think Stetson Bennett is a guy. His whole life has been told, "You're not good enough. You can't make it." He walks on at Georgia, finally manages to become the starter, Mm -hmm. has a heartbreaking championship loss. Right? To, yeah, to Alabama. Mm hmm. And a game that they really should have won. You know, because, I mean, if Tua stays in that game, let's be honest here. I'm sorry, if Jalen stays in that game, let's be honest here. Jalen was not getting it done that night. It just was not his night. And if Saban was not the great coach that he is and does what so many other teams do, Saban probably, if he were just another guy, would have left in Tua, or Jalen. Yeah. I keep getting it mixed up that Jalen was replaced by Tua. Um, and then but in if the, it was in, in the Jaylen, SEC champion. It was in the national championship game right. where Tua replaced Jalen. And then it was in the SEC championship game where Jalen replaced Tua. And I cried both times. (laughs) That's right. And if Jalen stays in that national championship game, Stetson Bennett's a three-time national champion. Yeah. And who knows what happens to Jalen Hurts' career Yeah. as well. That's that's one of those crazy what-if scenarios, but that's not how it happened. But Stetson Bennett, he's going to go to a team where Matthew Stafford can show him the ropes. Now, does that guarantee him to be a first ballot hall of famer? No, but it gives him a fighting chance. So I I loved this pick. I'm going to, I'm going to say love it. And also Matthew Stafford is not guaranteed to be a long-term starter with the Rams. And Stetson has the opportunity to sneak in and fight. Yeah. Yeah. In round five, they had one, two, three, four picks. So round five was where they lived. Um, They get Nick Hampton, an edge player out of Appalachian State, Warren McClendon Jr., an offensive tackle out of Georgia. They do select a tight end in Davis Allen out of Clemson, and they get Puka Nakua, wide receiver out of BYU. Monica, let's start with Nick Hampton. Love it or leave it? I think I'd probably leave it considering what they've done in this draft so far. What about Warren McClendon Jr.? Love it or leave it? Yeah, I think that was a steal for them. Davis Allen, 
I'm going to say leave it on that one. I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there were still some better tight ends available at that point that they could have selected. Um, and Puka Nakua, I just don't trust that he actually is going to get on the field. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. Not sure if he will. If he were drafted in round three, yeah, I think he's going to get a shot. Tutu Atwell comes to mind, who's yeah. not necessarily a, a phenomenal wide receiver. Van Jefferson's another one, but he's making it onto the field because he has to. He's right. got to be on the field because they spent some high draft capital on him. Mm-hmm. Then in round six, they had one, two, three picks and two picks, uh, excuse me, three picks in round seven. So let's talk about round six real quick. I'm just going to rapid fire whatever you say goes on two of these. I want to talk about one of them. Okay. Travius Hodges Tomlinson, cornerback, love it or leave it? Love it. O'Shawn Mathis, love it or leave it, edge player out of Nebraska? Leave it. Let's talk about Zach Evans. Whew. Running back out Zach of Ole Miss. Um, This is a soft love for me, lowercase love. It's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not enamored with the pick. I think he was aptly drafted in the 200 range. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the Los Angeles Rams is they love, 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 giving attention to running backs that don't necessarily have any business getting attention. And so for that, I think this is a notable selection that they made. And that's why I have lowercase love. What about you? I had a lot of mixed thoughts about this one. Zach Evans was at TCU and he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Ole Miss and does nothing. I don't understand that. I think that I don't expect that he's going to get a ton of playing time because he was picked in the 200s. Right. But I can also see him being a contributor. I do not think he is going to be the lead back anywhere. You're but right. if he gets a shot, he can be a contributor, I think. All right. Well, round seven, they had three picks, including Mr. Irrelevant. We'll rapid fire these and then we'll close the episode out. Uh, Ethan Evans, love it or leave it. Hunter. I know nothing about him. Wingate, I never Wingate. even heard of that. How do you that? not know Wingate? That, Wingate, W's for life. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> not um, a clue. We'll we'll just say, huh? Uh, how about <laughs> Jason Taylor, the second safety out of Oklahoma State? Love it or leave it? Maybe he'll see the field. Maybe. Right. Uh, I I don't know. And then Mister Irrelevant himself, Deswan, or Deshawn, maybe Johnson. Uh, love it or leave it. Defensive end out of Toledo. I didn't really watch any Toledo, so I'm not really sure. I'm going to say leave it because he's Mr. Irrelevant. Um, well, Brock Purdy was also Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many Mr. Irrelevants have been Brock Purdy? Only That's one. That's true. Only know, Brock Purdy. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about the non-picked up fifth-year options from the 2020 NFL Draft. And we will continue our analysis of the NFC West. Till then, Monica, you got anything else to add? I got nothing. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.